Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Uh, we have a kind of a hybrid watch list for you this week because there's not a whole lot of games to talk about. Uh, Ryan, it's conference championship week. We've got conference championships, and frankly, those are all Guantanamo Bay games at the worst. Um, it's uh, it's the big one. It's the big week. It's the week that yep. this season has kind of demanded <laughs> become the most important of the of the season. Uh, not quite as many meaningful regular season games this year as we are maybe accustomed to, but hopefully that bill will uh, come due this weekend and some stuff will happen. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if some stuff happened. If not, I guess we'll just cancel the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. I guess just fuck us if not, huh? Yeah, I suppose uh... so. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go through, uh, you know, <clears throat> we're not really going to, like, there's, I'll mention that there are FCS playoffs happening. Um, we're not really going to talk about that because there's just nothing we can add really to it. Um, we don't have the, we don't have the time to really keep up with that stuff as much as we would like to. And so if you're interested in it, there's plenty of good stuff out there on it. Um, but you're not going to get it here. This is conference championship week. We're going to talk about the conference championship games. Uh, before we do that, though, we should probably talk about Homefield. Uh, Homefieldapparel.com. It is high-quality collegiate vintage apparel for every school and every article of clothing that you could possibly want. All of the good ones. You know, they got sweatshirts, they've got joggers, they've got t-shirts, they've got bomber jackets and hats. Really, there's nothing else that you could want to wear. If you if you're trying to wear something else, that's a you problem. Um, that's uh that's a personal failing you should never wear anything other than sweatshirts and t-shirts and joggers and things of that nature um but uh go on over there if you have not already and use the code meet at midfield and you'll get 15 percent off of your first purchase Uh, again that's for basically every school they have high quality collegiate vintage apparel they find very cool old, old logos from a variety of bizarre just just bizarre sources uh old media guides uh ancient rituals i think they do a lot of those mm-hmm. over there spells yeah yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're doing spells yeah. they're they're on witch talk yeah they're yeah they're casting um they're all casting over there they can't get enough of it and yeah. uh, we will support them in their endeavors and you can as well by using that code meet in midfield for 15 percent off of your first purchase yeah, that's homefieldapparel.com. Yeah. And by the way, we should we should clarify. Um, so all the disgusting people who are spreading rumors that Mark Cuban sold the Dallas Mavericks just so he could buy home field apparel, it's not true. Uh Connor won't sell. He's mm-hmm. not selling home field apparel to Mark Cuban who wants to make Kyrie Irving the face of the brand. It's not true. It's not happening. Is he is he selling the Mavericks? Is that is that real? Yeah, it came out last night. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> boy, he also fo- quit Shark Tank, which I know is tough for you. I know you're a big fan of Shark Tank. Shit. Yeah. No, you know I love <laughs> Primo. I mean, that is Primo Hotel TV right there. There's a lot of hotel TV that they make that's only on in hotels for some reason. Um, NCIS it's, is a classic. Uh, we, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of Shark Tank. I've watched yeah. definitely segments of it. However, and, it is like one of the densest, like, 
number of episodes to reaction gifts produced of all time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's up there with the wire for yeah. like reaction gifts produced. Yeah. God, they were, they were ahead of their time with that. The, the sheer number of like times that Mark Cuban made kind of a funny face because they had, yeah. they had some guy on there whose idea was like a TV show for dogs or something like that. Um, and, and Mark made, you know, he made the Mark face. Um, yeah, that that's... honestly, that uh, just I'm just gonna spit this to you live on the air. Okay, I know we're not actually live, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it would be fun to do meet at midfield Shark Tank, where we like <laughs> opened up a recording line for our listeners to each give us a <laughs> let them record like two to three minutes of audio for their idea for college football. Yeah, and we either support it or tear it apart. That could okay. be fun. Yeah, then that's our long our long awaited. Uh, you know, adding video uh, uh, to the podcast is that we do it for that one so that people can make reaction gifts of like somebody calling in and saying like, uh, uh, oh, the ACC and the Big 12 should combine and make a 26 team league or something like that. And I, I, and we're I doing make, the Gordon Ramsay, yeah, you absolute yeah, fucking fool. Yeah, you... I, I'm making, I'm making the Mark face. Uh, <laughs> just. We're just alternating which one of us gets to be that that week's reaction gift. That would be pretty cool. I think that that would yeah. be sort of a good guerrilla marketing tactic. Um, we got to get on. Honestly, the, we should do that. We should. We, we got to figure out a way yeah, to yeah. do that. It's a primo market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that actually would be fun. College football shark tank is an offseason podcast idea. I'm writing that one down. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, we probably no. can't call it that. We got to call it like. Uh, <laughs> What's another? Uh, what's another dangerous fish? Tank. Yeah, yeah. What's another <laughs> dangerous kind of fish? Piranha enclosure. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the whale zone. <laughs> oh, All right, let's let's do that. I'm gonna write that one down. We do that for like right after the bull's end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm gonna do the mark face so many different times. I'm gonna be all up in there. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who our version, like in our little. Our little friend group is uh, what is it? What's what's his name? Mister Wonderful, the guy who uh, killed that guy on the boat. Uh, we've talked about <laughs> that before, I think, on the podcast. That he, dude, he is uh, he is writing a big time like just marketing scam. Okay. He, um, so I don't really talk about my day job very much, and I I won't go into details because I do not want any connection between this and my yeah. day job. Yeah. But he reached out to us. And I looked into it. That basically he it has like an email marketing campaign. To- to all kinds of companies where he will offer to like quote unquote like do a review and like boost your socials and it's like a hundred thousand dollars something like that and all he does is uh he like makes a two-minute video with you you can use for marketing purposes uh-huh. and it's like a hundred grand um that's, one of the uh, great great scam that's yeah. an insanely expensive cameo that's the most yes. expensive option on cameo is that you can get mr wonderful to come on and be like oh yeah i like i love i love this product um yeah. like the fucking uh the simpsons bit with with the the crusty you know endorsing just whatever the product is and not even putting in the name of the product like i endorse this this uh this product or uh advertisement or whatever just just <laughs> not even personalizing it it's a hundred thousand dollars you you have to be if they made the simpsons wrapped you have to be in the 0.1 percent for your age group of guys who've watched the simpsons yeah yeah 
That's probably true. Um, that makes sense. Dude, I was watching it when I was like four. I was I would yeah. get home from school when I was in like elementary school, and I would watch the the whatever the episode was that aired, like the rerun at five thirty, and then I would also like record them and watch all of those as well. I've been. I was never a big Simpsons kid. I liked the Simpsons, but I never like was a. I, I always liked the Treehouse of Horror stuff, but I was never yeah. a big, like Simpsons dedicated fan. I was watching. This is maybe an insight into my psyche. Yeah. I was watching a lot of MASH when I was a kid. Oh, my <laughs> God. Reruns, reruns of MASH and Seinfeld with my dad. We're like, my <laughs> go-to. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I think that for a decent amount of the time, like when I was really young, the thing that I thought was funny about it was that they would swear sometimes. Um, yep. That was like the main, you know, that was the main way to get a laugh out of me is that one of yeah. them would swear. But it still is. Yeah, it I still is. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. And I just start, I just start giggling. I can't, I can't even <laughs> stop it. I can't rein it in. Um, that really actually does explain kind of a lot about our show. Is that I was watching The Simpsons when I was like six, and you were watching Mash and Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> you want to tell people about midfield dot com real quick? Yeah, it's our website. It's our college football website. Um, we have, in my opinion, the best message board in all of college football. Uh, it is a true treat. Uh, we have the best posters in the world. Uh, we have premium episodes of this podcast uh, once per week and every other week in the offseason. Uh, we have premium episodes of High Street Freaks, my Ohio State podcast, Kevin Harris. Uh, we have great article content from me, you, Kevin, our, our good friend Taylor Fulton. Uh, Kevin and Taylor kind of handle Ohio State and Michigan content, respectively, but also a whole bunch of other stuff. You and I do all kinds of national college football writing, uh, coaching search takes, um, making fun of coaches, uh, just restructuring college football the way it should be yeah. with our big brains, um, talking about the games, talking about scheme, talking about narratives, uh, program level analysis. Um, I'm going to do some more stuff on that, too. I'm just kind of program structure, I think, over the offseason. I think folks tend to like that uh i think it's really fun for me to point out how dumb or inefficiently coaches are running their programs because it drives me fucking crazy um and they're not good at their jobs and i think they should be better yeah uh, for how much money they make and um so we like that kind of stuff we have some good stuff planned for the off season uh it's a great time to join there's of course a whole lot of season left still a lot of bowl games a lot of conference title games we're going to talk about uh the playoff and national championship are still coming up so uh, yeah. it's a great time to come join and party with us um Come join me at midfield.com. Yeah, I would say a whole lot of the season is maybe generous. A, a little bit of the season is still left. Well, I'm there's, trying to yeah, sell there's, memberships. There's still some. There's still some meat on that bone. There's still some meat but on I'll, the bone. It's not maybe I'll, all the I'll meat. I'll say this but... though. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It's definitely the best off-season board in college football. You're never going to find more freaks who are obsessed with like just talking about college football all year round than you will on our place. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll also I'll say as we alluded to earlier, um, at least we still have a chance of things happening in this college football season in these this last month and change, because uh, nothing has happened yet. It's just it's been a whole lot of not much, and there's still if you if you have been on uh, you know if you've been at meet at midfield, you have you have gotten through the full season of. Uh, nothing happening uh and so odds are at some point just by you know <laughs> by, by by numbers and by math uh something's probably going to happen in the next month of the season there will probably be games that mean anything 
because um, I, I do fear that we have just watched basically three months of college football that did not really mean a whole lot of anything for the sake of the thing that everybody is trying to play for. Um, <laughs> it seems like we're kind of just, you know, it's there's some rematches. There are some games that will, depending on the result, completely invalidate the one like important game that we saw this regular season, which was Oregon-Washington. Uh, that one would just be gone. It would be out the window. <laughs> it would not. It would not matter anymore. Um, and so, yeah, last month of the season, it's, it's the there's not there's not quite as much meat on the bone as there was, but the meat we've eaten so far hasn't been very good. And so maybe this this last little bit will be better, and you can come on and join us at meetatmidfield.com. Yeah, we're kind of doing that strategy you would do as a child, remember, which I'm sure is not just me, a fat kid, to this, and everyone else listening knows this, uh-huh. where when you're eating a box of McNuggets from McDonald's, you're strategically planning out which nugget looks the best to save for the last. Oh. Um, huh. Do you ever do that? Do you ever like look at the box of nuggets and like not really kind of work through it? Not really. You didn't I, say the best bite for last. No. No. Usually when I was okay. just, when I had the well, nuggets, cool. I was just kind of seeing seeing red. You know, just just going just going nuts on them, trying to get them out yeah. of my trying to get them out of my face as quick as possible and into into my mouth. And so it was not really a there was no there was very little consideration when I had the nuggets in front of me. I was just housing them. Yeah. Okay. Well. Guess I'll fuck off. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some games, Patrick. We have uh, we have ten games to get through. Well, do you want to talk um, about some of the, the the stakes of these games as it relates to the playoff here, um, and kind of where yeah. where it's where it's at and and what what we're kind of watching for as it relates to the four teams that will get to play for the national championship, um, and, and how that will be impacted by this this week of games. Okay, yeah. So there are there are four teams, possibly five, but I think four, that are very clearly one hundred percent win and you're in. Um, those teams are Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. All four undefeated. If they win their games, they're in the playoff. No questions asked. It's done. Right? People are trying to spin the Florida State narrative. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, if those four teams <clears throat> win their respective games, they are in the playoff. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll I'll add real quick on that. You, you mentioned the. I don't have a ton to, to say in opposition to that. Uh, you mentioned that people are, are very much trying to do the, you know, the Florida State narrative thing. Um, boy, they are running out of gas on that. That that just the the PR wing of this specific iteration of college football, um, not sending its best. They are not operating at no. at full capacity here. It's just like a barrage of. Uh, like dumb guys <laughs> just being thrown at us and it's like it, 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 they're all saying the same thing and like the same whiny kind of internet you know uh, uh, affected way um and it's just like it's it's like a barrage of like guys who for some reason work for cbs it's like what in what role do you work for cbs uh and why are there so many of you and they're all just saying the same thing and it doesn't even seem like any of them believe it they're all just saying it because that's what they're supposed to say um and the 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 hype machine for the playoff and for the the big selection show every week. I think it's really losing steam because of just how genuinely uninteresting the playoff debates are <laughs> at, at this point yeah. where it's like, or we could just watch the games and see what happens. And then we'll talk about it. We don't need to do it in the middle of the fucking season. These rankings are meaningless. The only one that matters is the one at the end. There's no point to doing this right now. 
Um, if like there's just yeah, there's I no still reason like to watch it because I like to get pissed. I like yeah. to get reasons to get pissed about it. Yeah, yeah but it, it does feel like <laughs> I, I think that there are they're they're experiencing diminishing returns because uh, course, the, yeah. <laughs> the 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 puppet. Uh, class of college football media, I think, is is every year getting worse and, and lower brow and less compelling, um, and they're just like kind of it, it. The the PR machine is not what it once was for for the playoff. No, no, it's um, I think everyone's just kind of tired of the fourteen playoff model and all this silly stuff. Like it's just they're just trying to create narratives. It's not going to work. Um, yeah. You have like. Stu Mandel, who somehow in like year 10 of doing this is breathlessly, you know, like analyzing whether a team's number five or number six or number seven and how what that means, whether they can get in or not, like it matters at all. Um, just the dumbest guys alive responsible for this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's great. We love it. <clears throat> yeah, um, we, we love it. Can't get enough. Okay. So, so there are four teams who are winning their end. I think Oregon is nearly in that category. Um, the caveat being, I think if Oregon beats Washington and Florida State loses while both Texas and Alabama win, um, uh, wait, hang on, did I do that right? No, sorry. Michigan, Florida State win. Oregon beats Washington. Texas and Bama both win. Um. I think that gets tricky for Oregon. Um, they're only going to have four teams in. They would have two undefeated Power 5 conference champions and three one-loss conference champions. Um, Texas would be in no matter what because they have the win over Bama, right? Um, okay. Yeah. I, if you I ask them to... I don't know about I don't know about one hundred percent on that because it doesn't seem like they really care about any of the results during the season. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they do. I, I think that would matter a lot. I, I think like I, I guess to me, here's my criteria. As much as they have treated Oregon like the best one loss team in the country all season, yeah. When the chips are down, are they really gonna put in a, a one loss Oregon that has two ranked wins over an Alabama team with like four or five of them. It's an SEC champion, including win over Georgia. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I, to me, like I understand the way they talk about Oregon all season. I just have some trouble believing. I know Alabama's at eight, yada, yada. I just don't care where they have teams ranked right now. Like I'm going to have to believe it when I see it. They're going to pick. Obviously Texas has to go in because they beat Bama and I'll believe it when I see it, if they put in, a one-loss Pac-12 champion ahead of a one-loss SEC champion for the final spot. I just yeah. don't know if I believe that will actually happen. Well, and there would be a one-loss SEC non-champion, too, that has won, like, 40 games in a row. Um, yeah, that Alabama would have just beat. I think that team would be out. I think Georgia would be out in that case. Yeah, um, boy, that is a but... real that is a real nightmare scenario. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think that's going to come to pass. Because I don't really see, we're going to talk about it. I don't really see any world where Alabama beats Georgia on Saturday, because um, Alabama is not good and Georgia is. But uh, yeah, that that would be that would be pretty nasty. Um, I don't I don't know exactly what they would do with that. I'm glad that I don't have to make that decision because <laughs> I don't think I would make. I don't know if I would make a good decision. I think I would probably just leave both both SEC teams out. And I would use it as like, uh, 
here, 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 we're not, see, look, we're not SEC biased. Uh, here's some fucking red meat, you freaks. Leave us alone. Uh, let us put six mm-hmm. SEC teams in the playoff next year. Uh, you, know, you could just leave us alone. Um, it seems like an easy can't... year to sacrifice the conference because the conference isn't very good this year. Um, but I don't think they would I, I get all that. that in theory, but come on. Do you believe it in your heart? Do you believe no. they could actually do that? No, I'm saying no, that's yeah. what I would do. I think, it's, I think it would yeah, be a too. lot easier too, if they were smart instead of if they were dumb, but they're they're not yeah um so that's what i mean i think oregon's like 99 percent winning your end but there's a, a one scenario where they could be fucked okay um then you have number 16 is ohio state ohio state is number six but probably has the lowest odds of these eight i'd say it does uh, the lowest odds i would say um yeah, they don't play they they need to see georgia in michigan win they need to see Florida State and Texas lose. Yeah. And it would probably help them out if Washington beat Oregon. I don't necessarily think that game matters that much. I was, again, I will believe it when I see it, that the committee would choose to put in two Pac-12 teams over two Big Ten teams and just like have a Washington team that they've treated like they weren't good all year. Yeah. And that hasn't blown anybody out since September over Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State deserves to be in. I don't think that's fair. I think it's stupid, but that is my expectation is 12 and 1 Washington would be below 11 and 1 Ohio State. Yeah. Um So that's like the one scenario where Ohio State gets in. There's no other chance where they do. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think that that I don't think that's all going to happen even if it does. No. I think that there is a at least a chance that Washington would still get in over Ohio State because they like the, the thing is, and we just we just talked about this. None of the rankings that they put out before the last one are important or even indicative of what they're going to be doing. Um, right. Because when when it comes to the last selection, where they're actually having to do it because it matters and they're they're setting the playoff, uh, the parameters are totally different. It's a it's an entirely different. Uh, model that they follow for that final playoff, uh, they will just because they treat it like it's best all year than the last one's actually most deserving. Yeah, which is a a, a stupid way to do it. That's fine. Um, well, I mean, I think it's I think the the last one like it should be most deserving. It should not yeah. be quote unquote best. I don't want Vegas to pick the team. So like it's stupid they do it the way they do it all year, but the final one is the right way to do it. Yeah, well, and it's like do that all year or just don't do it at all until the last one. Obviously, then you yeah. lose an hour of the worst TV, you know, coverage that you can possibly have, uh, during the week on those, on those terrible Tuesday nights where you need to have just something to put on, I guess, if you're ESPN, they're so desperate. And for for some reason, one Wednesday and one Sunday per year. Yeah. Um, um, (laughs) stupid. Uh, but like, I think that the, you know, the way that they do it would change because it always does. And that Washington beat Oregon in the regular season and was in its conference championship game, unless it gets like blown out, which I don't think it's going to. Um, I think that there's a decent chance that they just they look at Ohio State and kind of do so with a, a fair amount of disgust of like, 
you guys played the one team that you're supposed to beat and you still can't beat them. Uh, you didn't play in your conference championship game. And also, you don't even have a shiny, fun offense this year. You're just bad to watch. Uh, and they yeah. put Washington in instead. Because I don't really think that there's anything all that appealing about this Ohio State team as a television product, even beyond no, just I the No, I agree, logo. of course. Um, but, but the difference is they do, even if they're a bad product, all of the hogs in Ohio and elsewhere watch them. Yeah. Uh, and they would have two top 15 wins. Um, that would be the argument, I guess. If you if you want to make it again, I do not want to see Ohio State in the playoff. They are a bad team; does not deserve it. I, is I, is Notre Dame in the top fifteen? They would be in this scenario Jesus. because you would have Louisville and Iowa losing. Jesus, who that's, are fourteen and sixteen? That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> that's yeah, so... uh, I mean, or like Notre Dame's. Look, no. you're, besides that, you're basically going to bunch of three lost teams. Yeah. They'd be in that scenario only behind LSU and Arizona among three lost teams. I think that's fine. Like Oklahoma State's losses are really bad. Um, and they pick up another one too in this scenario. Or no, so they pick up a win. I guess they could be 16. Oklahoma State would jump then. But who gives a fuck, right? It's two top 16 wins. Same thing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's horse shit, right? But. I will say this area where Ohio State is 100% in is Georgia, Michigan, Washington all win, Florida State, and Texas lose. Ohio State's in if that happens. That means they're the only other one-loss team in the country yeah. besides the three undefeateds. Yeah. They're in if that happens. Boy, that... And again, that would be horseshit. That'd be yeah. horseshit. It sucks, but yeah. whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, um, that would be that would be pretty bleak. That is a rough. That's a rough field. <laughs> be honest, that's a rough field. Oh, good, we get to watch yeah. Georgia Ohio State again. Fun, uh, cool, yeah. great. It's, and this one is much less well equipped to beat Georgia than the last one was. And even they, oh yeah, they would it. lose by <laughs> four touchdowns. Yeah, um, yeah. Here's a worse version of Michigan. Good luck. Um, yeah, cool. Oh, Ryan did a big game again. That'll be fun for me for sure. I will love to see that. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's dialing that shit up, and Kyle McCord is throwing the ball. 40 yards out of bounds. That'll be really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. We want the number seven, Texas. Um, Texas is in if Washington wins and Florida State loses. Okay. Yeah. That, that, That's it. That sounds about right. Um, right. Because, I mean, they, they're behind Ohio State for now, which won't matter. They'll jump yeah. them. So basically, they'd be, they're functionally number six, right? So you have. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State undefeated. A Florida State loss eliminates Florida State, which would functionally move Texas up to five. So that, and I think even, um, hmm, numbers, they would be ahead of Washington. All they need is Florida State to lose in their end. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I I am of the, I'm of the opinion that probably if if. You know, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, I don't think that this would happen, but I think if Oregon wins the Pac-12, then th- there should just be two Pac-12 teams in because, as others have pointed out, what was the point of the 12 games that we just played if Oregon only has to win this one to jump Washington? Like, Washington beat these guys already. Um, why would having a one and one record in this game make Oregon above Washington. Washington has played a harder schedule and didn't lose in any of those games like Oregon did. Um, I don't really, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't really like it. I think that it, it it does serve as kind of a, you know, a valuable counter argument against the, uh, the concern that the, the 12 team playoff will, 
you know, lower the importance of, of big games in the regular season because it's like, well, it seems like they already don't really matter if this is the situation at hand with the, with the Pac-12 championship and yeah. with the, the potential playoff implications of that. seems like it already doesn't matter. And if it's not going to matter anyway, I guess I would rather that Washington still get into the playoff because of, you know, uh, going 12-0 and and being so good in the regular season even if they lose in the conference championship game. Uh, fuck. I don't know. I mean, then you're devaluing Texas, like for going on the road and beating Alabama, right? Yeah, I don't care about that. I would, I would gladly devalue that. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you're kind of, you're just picking which big games matter more to you, is all. Yes. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you just like the Pac-12 better. That's fine. Whatever. You don't like Texas. I get. It. I don't like Texas. I get yeah. it. Um. But am I am I right in that scenario? Just to make sure, Texas is functionally. I know they're at seven, but functionally they're at six. They're behind Oregon, Washington, the Pac-12, Florida State, and the ACC, Michigan, the Big Ten, Georgia, and the SEC. Michigan will win. Don't have to worry about Michigan. Loser of Washington, Oregon's eliminated, which basically moves them up to five, and then a Florida State loss moves them to fourth. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, I, I, they're actually in. If Florida State loses, that's it. That's the only thing that matters to them. Yeah, I, I think that they need. Yeah, they just need Florida State to lose. Maybe if Alabama wins the SEC championship, it would get interesting. But I, I think they would probably still. Yeah, win. I guess that's the. That's, if Florida State or Georgia lose, Texas is in. Well, if Georgia loses, I think that that would maybe be a, a trickier path. Um, not fully. I don't think so. I think it's pretty straight up, right? Because they would be ahead of Georgia ahead of Alabama because they beat Bama. I don't know if they would be ahead of Georgia. <laughs> That's my fear. I don't know if they would be ahead of Georgia. Uh, they couldn't. Um, well, they couldn't rank Georgia ahead of Bama with the same record, and they couldn't rank Bama ahead of Texas with the same. I record. think they could easily do that. I would not put it past them. Um, they. I couldn't see it. Man. They have been quietly sneaking in every four and five loss SEC team that they can find to the back of the top twenty-five to bolster those resumes. Uh, I, I think they could easily do that. I don't think it would be hard they for also, them at all. They also snuck in Kansas State. They sure did. <laughs> Boy, they sure did. They're just running out yeah. of dog shit P5 teams to plug in there. I go, uh, shit, Utah. Let's put Utah in there, I guess. Who cares? Uh, did, yeah. <laughs> they're just they're like they're like scrolling down the standings and uh, slamming their fists on the desk when they realize that Mississippi State is five and seven. They're like, fuck, we can't put Mississippi State in there. They're usually so reliably twenty fifth at seven and five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess in that scenario, the way I'm looking at it, Texas and Georgia would both have three ranked wins. Bama would have one, two, three, four. Bama would have four. Yeah. So Bama have the most ranked wins of all of them, but Texas would have head to head and Bama would have head to head over Georgia. I think there's no way Georgia could be better than third among those teams, right? They don't have enough differentiating factors to I know they have the win streak, but like I I do think the committee like I know they put the same teams in a million times, but like I think if you gave them a chance, they would like to get Texas in that game. In that playoff. I yeah. think they would like they would be happy to have the new blood. It's an SEC team functionally as well. Um, I think they're putting Texas in. Okay, yeah. Is there an eighth team or is it just those seven? Yeah, it's Alabama. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, Bama needs to win, obviously. Yeah. Um, Bama's best case scenario is if they win. Texas loses and Florida State loses. Yeah. Right? Because I would eliminate 
they're basically at seven because they would jump Ohio State, obviously. So put Ohio State eight functionally. So if if Texas loses, Bama's at seven. Florida State loses, they're at six. Loser of the Pac-12 game will be behind them. That puts them at fifth. And Georgia would be behind them, so that puts them at fourth. Yeah, yeah that that seems about that seems about right. Um, I don't. So think... yeah, Texas and Florida State losses when they're in. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that that one is going to be. Uh, no, Bama's not getting the playoff, man. <laughs> no, I think they're probably going to lose. Um, okay, so that's that's the. I think even if they win, they're not getting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a lot. To, it's a lot to ask. Um, okay. Well, with that being said, let's jump into some of these games. The then ninth, the ninth team Liberty. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think probably a real good chance for them. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump in here. We're just going to go chronologically. So that would be starting on Friday evening at, I'm going to have to do the time transfer in my head. Cause I'm looking at the LSU football.net schedule. Um, what is that? 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Central. It's, 7 yeah, New Mexico Eastern? State at Liberty is 7 p.m. Eastern on okay. CBS Sports Network. Oregon at Washington on Friday night. It's 8 p.m. on ABC. Okay. Uh, where do you want to go first here on Friday? We'll start chronologically. Okay. Um, Mexico State, Liberty, obviously a rematch. Um, Liberty is undefeated. Mexico State is a shocking 10 and 3. Uh, these teams played way back in week two uh, when Liberty beat Mexico State at home 33 17. Um, is this game also a home game for yes. it is it is also a home game for Liberty again? Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean New Mexico State has been rolling lately. Uh they have won all I mean a lot of games in a row. What is it here? It's uh they're on a eight game win streak. Uh they started the season two yeah. and three and have won all eight since. Yeah. And I think only only three of those games are by one score the other five were blowouts yeah um yeah i mean i i think mexico state's playing very good football and they should be very happy with what they're playing i also don't give them a ton of a chance to beat liberty is that unfair no i don't think that that's unfair as a just purely if you were looking at these as football teams right like caden salter has been excellent for liberty especially of late, save for really the last game. He, he has almost a thousand rushing yards on the season um, as a quarterback, <laughs> which is which is pretty good. Uh, Quentin Cooley as well has been really good for them at halfback. They've got good receivers. Uh, this offense has been excellent, has reliably put, you know, 40 plus points on the board throughout the season. Uh, they're unbeaten for for good reason. They're very good. Uh, the and and New Mexico State for as as hot as it has been, even on this stretch, it has not quite hit those same those same levels. Um, it has been really good down this down this stretch. The offense has been very strong behind you know Diego Pavia. Uh, I think the defense has gotten a lot better, which is really why they're here. The offense was already good. The offense was good last year. I think that their improvement this year has been defensively. Um, and, and so there's like, it's going to be, I think it's going to be more competitive than the last one was. Uh, and just, if it's just straight up, I think it's probably a touchdown win from Liberty. Um, the, the, the thing that gives me pause and the thing I've kind of been alluding to without saying, um, Jamie Chadwell's coaching in this game for Liberty. And I don't have the record off the top of my head, but I can, you know, remember, uh, watching, Coastal Carolina play in postseason games when he was there, 
And I don't think that they did especially well in those games, in my memory. I think, in fact, they usually lost those games, and that usually Chadwell doesn't do especially well in the postseason for the very, very simple reason of he's interviewing for other jobs at this point in the year. This is the time of the year where Jamie Chadwell is not in his office. He's out interviewing for jobs. And if he's doing that again this year, which he very well could be, I would have some concerns about Liberty because he has been, his teams have been prone to not even just pants shittings in this situation, but just like not caring or, or showing up or, or giving it any, giving it any time uh, and, and losing games that they probably shouldn't lose just because they're not really paying attention anymore. And so I, I would be kind of concerned about that with this. Yeah. Um, I think that's possible, but I don't know, man. I feel like Liberty is just a very complete football team this season. Like, their defense is not Sterling at all. But that's just such a well-rounded team that – I know Mexico State's fought through a lot. And, like, the wins they've had are incredible. The game plan they had for Auburn was amazing. Like, that's a – I have a lot of respect for Mexico State. But I, I think that, the like, the things at stake here for Liberty, like – a perfect season is something players care a lot about. And and so do the, the New Year's Six, you know, G5 title bit, which they're very much in contention for. Yeah. I don't think Liberty's taking their eye off the ball on this one. Um, I know they already beat this team, but like, I, I think the chance to be perfect in a season is a big deal to a lot of players. It's something you remember for the rest of your life. Like that is, you know, teams get together. It's like, we still talk about like Western Michigan's like, you know, or whatever, or, or you know, UCF's perfect season. Like that's stuff that matters to players for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I mean, I would, I would like to, I would like to think that it will, <laughs> it, it should. But you know, he's been in this spot before, and they have lost games that they probably had no business losing. Um, it's been kind of his the one thing that he hasn't really done uh, to to this point is is remained focused down the stretch. Um, Coastal Carolina took some really stupid losses in November and December when he was there. Um, and I'm just, I'm curious to see if that carries over. I don't know if it will. I don't know how much he is looking for other jobs at this point. It, he's not been, you know, he's not been like heavily connected to any of the openings. And so maybe he's just locked in and maybe they win the game. If he's locked in, I, I think they, they should win, even though New Mexico State has been playing so well. If he's not, if there's some, some drifting interest, I would, I would have some concerns. I, it would be kind of setting off some some alerts for me because that has been an issue for Chadwell teams in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I get that. I get that for sure. I don't know. I, this is one of the more interesting ones of the weekend for me. I know I know it's probably not the highest stakes one on the table, yeah. but it is one of the more interesting games to me throughout, throughout the weekend for sure. And I'm glad it is going to – I mean, I don't know. It's going to be hard to take my eyes off Oregon, Washington, but I'll, I'll – I'll probably get a two screen set up for that one. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this game. Um, Caden Salter also just a joy to watch playing college football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's awesome. He's been, I, he's been excellent. I, I was <clears throat> curious about this cause I don't know the answer. A lot of people are going to try to post him into a new transfer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The people are going to try to get him into the portal. I assume. Yeah. He'd already been at Tennessee and was dismissed from the team. I wonder how that counts for, uh waiver of eligibility for transfers like 
there's a player being dismissed because he was dismissed from Tennessee, then transferred to Liberty. Yeah, is he still eligible for a transfer after that? I would assume. Sure I would that. assume that that would be a a situation where, on its face, he would not be eligible. He could send in a waiver. I don't think he would get it. Um, I I think that it would still count as a as a transfer, and that he used his his free one. I think that if you're um, you know, an Ohio State fan basically trying desperately to just find a better quarterback than Kyle McCord. I think you would need him to graduate first. Mm, well, and that's definitely not why I was asking. Um, don't uh-huh. need to worry about that. <laughs> no, no, that's not why at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's there, lots of people are trying to trying to tamper quarterbacks into the portal, and it's not just like you and your friends <laughs> it's, it's others yeah, well. <laughs> it's others as well um, and we definitely don't have guys in my ohio state dm who have messaged assisting coaches we went hired ohio state asking if they would come to ohio state and definitely they have not gotten answers to the affirmative that's also true <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys are going nuts <laughs> we're going honestly it's that chat has the ability to move mountains. It's crazy. Yeah, um, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a very bad email from a certain SID here at some point. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna tap a little bit too close. To the, to Whoops. The <laughs> well, we all know I am definitely begging for access from certain programs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna um, you're gonna get called into you're gonna get called into Ryan Day's office. And he's gonna like try to yell at you, but if you're if you don't immediately like cower in fear, he's just gonna start crying. Uh, please leave my program alone, please. You gotta be nicer to me. Um, it's going to be something like that. And I think that that would be Mm -hmm. really cool for you. I think you would enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that'll be fun for me. I I can't wait. Um, all right. You want to talk about Oregon and Washington? Yeah. The big game. It's the big game. Um, look, I think two things are true. I think Oregon is the likely pick here. Um, they're a nine and a half point favorite. They also lost to Washington previously in a very close game. They outgained Washington nearly hundred yards in that game. And Washington just made the high leverage plays to win. It was in Seattle. Yeah. Um, since those games, I mean, Washington has continued basically playing. I mean, just about every team on their schedule close. Uh, they've since, uh, what is this one? They play, they played Arizona on, uh, September 30th. Uh, that was their fifth game of the season. Um, all but two of their games have been one score affairs since then. Uh, and those were beating Stanford by nine points and USC by 10 points. Um, they have basically played one double digit game in the final uh, eight, nine games of the season, final eight games of the season. Yeah. They have played a lot of games close. They've also won all of them, which matters. Obviously, they beat Oregon. Oregon also has been pretty fucking dominant all season since then and before then too uh with the exception of like the texas tech game and playing a little bit sloppy against against wazoo they have rolled everybody all season yeah um i think oregon's the more complete team right now i think their defense is being a little bit overhyped focused on the underlying numbers i don't think they're as good as the media is treating them uh however they are a better defense than washington's and their offense is pretty much on par it's a very balanced offense it's very explosive um <laughs> Bo Nix does not make the number of NFL throws that Michael Penix does, but he operates the offense at a very high level. Yeah. Oregon's a nasty football team. Yeah. I think a better line play than Washington. Um I don't know, man. This is a good matchup. Yeah. Penix has also I this is colored by by last week's game against Wazoo, where he specifically did not play well. Um he's kinda not 
played super well <laughs> down the stretch of the season. No. It has not been a, a, a you know sterling final month from him. Um, doesn't mean that it it can't be here in in this one with the you know when when the lights are brightest. Like he's done well in these big games before. Obviously, they won this game last time, and it was largely due to him. Um, I do kind of I, I don't know how much this has been. Uh, motion towards or reported on. I don't know if they've talked about this a ton at Washington. I do kind of worry if he's got some lingering issues from injuries that he suffered in that first game between these two, because he just doesn't, he's not really looked fully like himself this last, this last month of the season, really. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, um, some of those games have been weather games too. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know, the Wazoo game was not, but like, and Utah's a tough defense. Uh, the Oregon State game was a big weather game, and he made some plays down the stretch to win, but I would say it was not very good overall. Um, he's just been a little bit sloppy the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and they've had some injuries at receiver as well that can contribute to that. But also, like, I don't know, Jalen Polk was in the game against against Washington State and had a, you know, down the stretch, had a notably disastrous drop. There, there was no reason for him to drop yeah. the ball. He just didn't catch it. Um, and so they've had some, they've had some issues with that as well. I, I um, think they had both McMillan and Polk against Oregon state and neither guy recorded a catch. Yeesh. Yeah. Like, and so like those guys have been in and out of the lineup. I think that they have definitely been hampered by injury stuff as well. This team's just kind of beat up and it's, it's impressive that they managed to get to 12 and 0 while being kind of beat up. But Oregon, I think is, you know, the healthier team and certainly comes in with better vibes. <laughs> you know, Oregon comes in with, with momentum or whatever you want to call it. Oregon's played better the last month of the season. Um, it also has not played the schedule yeah. that Washington has, and Washington has beat better teams than Oregon has. Um, but it's it's hard to not let that kind of bias you heading into this game that Washington has not looked great down the stretch and Oregon has. Um, I think there's also a chance that Oregon is still just kind of getting fat on bad teams, especially given that it seems like all of Oregon State's players uh, hate Jonathan Smith and didn't want to play for him last week, <laughs> given the given the sort of news that has trickled out this week in the wake of his departure from Michigan State. And so, like, I don't even really know if I want to give him credit for that one because it seems like Washington State or Oregon State was kind of kind of tuned out, and Oregon just beat up on them because they weren't really there. Uh, I think they still would have won the game, but I still like, it feels like Oregon has kind of benefited from a lot of things that it had no control over this season regarding injuries, regarding the teams on their schedule and and some of those teams being just not really all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly true, right? I mean, Oregon like post the Washington game has played decent, Utah, USC, and Oregon State teams and bad Arizona State, Cal, and Wazoo teams, right? Yeah. Like, those have been the six games they played. And obviously, Utah and USC are very one-dimensional football teams. Um, the Oregon State game, I mean, they did just totally shut them down in a way that I think is pretty encouraging for, for Oregon fans. Um, I think Oregon wins this game, man. Yeah, I, I think they I think they probably do. Um, we, we've been kind of putting off talking about it as a football game because like, I don't know, it feels like what we were just saying like a month and a half ago when they last played, I feel like the breakdown is basically the same. Washington's offense is more explosive. 
can Oregon match that? Can Oregon keep up with that? Can Oregon's defense make some plays? And it did in that game. It didn't make enough. It made, you know, one, two few plays on, on either side of the ball, and that was the difference. Um, can they cover that? Yeah, I think they probably can. You know, I, I think yeah. that they, I think they, if you play that game over, there's a chance that they do, um, and they're going to play the game over. <laughs> there's a pretty good chance that they that they reverse that with how close it was last time. Um, I think there's also a chance that Oregon's not as good as it has looked and that Washington just yeah. wins anyway because Washington is kind of a – it's more of a known commodity at, at this point. And I think that there is always – whenever you're talking about playing these guys, you are always kind of running the risk of, yes, they have not been fully there. <laughs> you know, they, they've not they've not looked like when, like what they once did at the start of the season – They've also not lost, and they still have a, a you know a, a skill core offensively and a passing game offensively that is liable to go nuts sometimes, and, and that can do that. That has the ability to do that. We've seen them do it, um, and if they do that, then this is obviously going to be a very difficult game to win for anybody, even even an Oregon team that's looked as good as this one has. Um, but that's you know we're talking about at that point and. And an out of an out of expectation uh, result, you know, a a a, a, a high variability team uh, playing to a higher level than they've really shown the last month of the of the season, and that's a possibility. But I don't think it's most likely. I think most likely is probably that Oregon wins by six or seven points. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, like you said, though, the, the game was the same as it was previously. Like where we know Oregon. Like, snap to snap, Oregon is a better, more efficient football team, right? Like, yeah. But but those explosives made a huge difference last time. And they could again. Like, uh, th- that's the biggest differentiating factor is, like, I-, I think Washington just made more big plays, which is maybe cliche, but it's true. Because Oregon outgained them by almost 100 yards that previous game, if I recall correctly. I'm going to pull up the box score right now. Yeah, um, that sounds but, right. But it was the Oregon was yeah, yeah Oregon more was than hundred yards. It was uh yeah, Oregon it was, was one hundred and twenty six yards. Damn yeah, one hundred and twenty six. And and Washington also lost a turnover battle, but they still won because they, yeah. and they and they lost the time of possession battle, <laughs> and they were even on penalties. And it's just like Washington just made some big plays, and Oregon didn't. Yeah, and and, and it it made the high leverage plays that Oregon didn't make. It wasn't just like oh huge yeah. explosive plays. It was converting on fourth and short where you know Oregon had failed things like that yeah yeah 100 percent. and I mean I, I think that's a key difference here and and um we'll see I mean I, I think if you play that game out a few times you know Oregon probably probably wins that game I don't know seven out of ten times that's not a big enough margin for me to say Oregon definitely wins yeah I think if I had to predict it I would say Oregon wins but I think people who are like treating this like a foregone conclusion that Oregon definitely whoops their ass. I don't know about all that. Like yeah. I, it's certainly in the realm of possibilities, right? But yeah. I would say like a lot of people have been very high on their own supply in Oregon as they play bad teams. They play the easiest schedule of any playoff contender by far. Um, they, I don't know, man. Like I'm just not convinced they're this like dominant wagon of a team. They look very good, but like, I just want to see them do it this week before I'm ready to say Oh, that team is clearly one of the four best and deserves to be in despite having the weakest resume of any of the one loss conference champions. Yeah. And, um, and that's and, all I want to see. Yeah, and I think that the the slant against Washington has been a little bit 
a little bit true, uh, uh, you know, a little too strong, a little bit too extreme. Like, yeah, they've they've played too many close games and they haven't put bad teams away. Um, they've also, you know, rolled through a very difficult schedule without a loss. Um, they're totally capable. <laughs> they're totally capable of winning this game. They did it once already. Um, I, I I think that there is a a level of uh, people exp- pe- the, 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 a general consensus that is too high on Oregon and too low on Washington, basically, and, and and that could be, that could be reflected here. I don't necessarily like. I would agree. I think Oregon probably wins the game. I think that that assuming that Oregon wins the game and, and does so comfortably is a leap that I am not willing to take. Washington is damn good, and Washington is totally capable of winning this game. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. This is, I mean, to me, I, I think pretty clearly the best football game of the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, um, easily. There's, I'm excited. Yeah, for... absolutely. The other one, I mean, the other, the other best football game of the weekend might also be on Friday with that Cusa championship game. Uh, the other ones on the board here yeah. are not quite to that same level. Uh, I'm excited for Georgia Alabama. I, I do think Al. I, I think. You know, not to knock you here. I think you maybe not give enough Alabama credit for how much they've improved over the course of the year, and I uh-huh. wasn't for a while either. Um, I don't think they win that game. They have gotten a lot better. That should be a competitive football game. Yeah, they did. Um, they did just need a miracle to beat a team that lost by twenty-one points. I know they did. I know they Mexico did. But there's been a lot of other data points too. Yeah, they've 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 also needed miracles against other bad teams. So uh that's good <laughs> uh, look i think they lose i think they lose i'm not saying they're gonna win that game i just think it could be a compelling football game and also like i think since they lost to florida they're something like 16 or 0 in atlanta yeah since they lost to florida back in like 2008 or whatever they have not lost in atlanta since then yeah uh if i recall correctly which is nuts um but uh yeah louisville florida state i'm also intrigued for that one we'll talk about it soon yeah let's get to the new games for saturday yeah, so um, we got we got two here at noon. Uh Big Twelve Championship game, Oklahoma State versus Texas on ABC and Miami of Ohio versus Toledo on ESPN. Uh where do you want to go first here? Yeah, let's start with the back game. Um this is a rematch, right? They played in yeah. like late October and Toledo won on the road, twenty one seventeen over Miami. Yeah. Uh this game will now be played in Ford Field. Um I don't know. Miami has not looked super compelling since then, I would say. Well, no, it, it's not. Uh, it's It's been without Brett Gabbard, and it will again right. be without Brett Gabbard here. Avion Smith is, honestly, th- this one is not, this game is not super compelling because the reason that Miami lost to Toledo last time was because Avion Smith played like a quarter. Uh, he has to play all four here. I don't think that they can possibly win this game with him at quarter, but he stinks. He's not, he's not good. He doesn't do anything for you. Um, if Gabbert was in the game, it would be a different story, but Miami's D de- or Miami's defense is just good. And I think, I think Toledo's has still been better this year and Miami's offense without Gabbert is actively bad. Whereas Toledo's has been good. Toledo's offense has been good this year. I don't see really yeah, love Penny Boone, love Daquan fan, just a couple, couple stars there. Yeah. I don't really see any any path to a victory here for for Miami they just don't they've done well to close out the season yeah they've done well to close out the season even without their starting quarterback they have not really they've not really looked good in quite some time without him and I think that that is just not gonna that's not gonna change here they just beat Ball State by fucking two points it's a bad Ball State team um this I, I think this is 
really the only the only real path here is Toledo fucking up somehow, which it is it has done well not to do this season. It's gotten close. It's won a lot of one score games, but I don't think that this is. It would take a lot for for Toledo to lose this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, fuck it. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else we have? Uh, we have Oklahoma State of Texas. This is, if I recall correctly, the highest spread differential of the weekend. Or maybe is it Michigan Iowa? It's close to it. Yeah. Um, I'll double check that right now. Uh, um, yeah, Michigan favored by twenty three and a half. Oh, Texas only favored by fourteen and a half. I thought it was bigger than that. Huh. Okay, so the second biggest spread differential of the weekend. Um, yeah, there is a path. <laughs> yeah, there is a a path for Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, Texas has unfortunately for them been a very good run defense all season. They're uh, six in yards per carry allowed. Um, I had to, I haven't checked their uh, rushing success rate on defense. Seventh. I don't know if you have that pulled up. Seventh, but um, they're seventh. Okay, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so given that's Oklahoma State's uh, whole thing, uh, maybe going to be tricky. Yeah, and uh, Oklahoma State also um has an okay pass defense, not yeah. really yeah. spectacular. Yeah, fiftieth in success rate. Um, yeah, forty first in completion percentage allowed, one hundred thirteenth in passing yards per game allowed. Ah, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I know Texas has like found some new balance without Jonathan Brooks at running back, but this is still a team that wants to win by passing the football fundamentally. Um, I uh, think they're going to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think they're going to be able to do. I that. don't. Yeah, I mean, the path to Oklahoma State is like just a bad Quinn game, which we do tend to get. I think he was, if I recall correctly, he was pretty bad against them last year, right? He was like awful against them. Oh, um, I have I have no idea. I have no recollection of that. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember a single Texas game from the Steve Sarkeesian era. They are all completely forgettable. All right. And well, that, uh, last year against Oklahoma State, Quinn Ewers completed 39% of his passes and threw three picks. Great. This fucking conference should be abolished. We need to get rid of these guys. There's nothing happening yeah. here. There's nothing going on in this league. Um, I don't think that Oklahoma State's going to win unless Texas fucks up specifically. I, I think it would yeah. require it would require a, a a complete failure on Texas's part for Oklahoma State to win this game because Oklahoma State is not very good. I know they're ten and two. They're not very good. They've they, even just down the stretch here, I, they have cooled off significantly from where they once were. They're not even ten and two. They're nine and three. Uh, <laughs> I was giving them credit for an extra win that they don't even have, because um, they that's right. They got pantsed by UCF, and then they they barely eked out wins over two bad teams in Houston and BYU. Um, the Oklahoma game was their last game of the season. That was the last time that they looked good. Uh, and that was almost a month ago at this point. I, I think that Texas would specifically have to crumble here under, under the pressure of the moment for Oklahoma state to win the game. Cause Oklahoma state is not, it's not balanced enough offensively. Like Alan Bowman is, is not any good. And I don't think that this is a game where Ollie Gordon is running for 300 yards unless Texas does something wrong specifically, um, which it can do. But Oklahoma State has one player. It's a one-player team. 
and Texas yeah. at least has more than one player. I don't I yeah. don't think Brennan that this Presley's is okay, but yeah, yeah I don't think that this is gonna I don't think this is gonna go unless Texas makes it go specifically. Texas would need to fit the bit completely, but also in a way that Steve Sarkeesian is addicted to doing. Yeah, he hasn't done. It. I'll give him credit; he hasn't done it yet this season. We keep we keep thinking that they've he, tried. Yeah, we keep thinking that he might, but he hasn't done it. They just looked more convincing against Texas Tech than they have in months. Um, I think they might. But to be fair, they I mean they really really tried to lose to Houston, Kansas State. They sure TCU, did. And a little bit of Iowa State. Yeah, they like, sure did. They they have two good games in the last two months. Yeah. I think that their last. And one of them was I, last week. But, but I think we, their last five or six quarters have looked pretty good. I'll give <laughs> I'll give them credit for that. I think they've looked pretty good since like the start of the second half against Iowa State. They've been they've been pretty solid. Um, I don't I don't I just don't see it. I don't I don't see Oklahoma State doing this. It seems it seems like a lot to ask of a team that is so limited <laughs> in what it is able to do. If you're asking Alan Bowman to go and win you a game, you have lost the game. You are not going to win that game because he's not capable of doing that. Um, he's just out there. He's just some guy. Uh, he's like a, a, a just a classic like 2015-style Big 12 quarterback. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing to him. There's nothing that he is... It's just do. wish casting. It's just wish casting about Texas, which I'm yeah. happy to do. Yeah, and that's fine. We love to do that, but I, I think Texas is going to. I think Texas is going to win pretty comfortably, honestly. Um, I think I they're going to win. They're going to make the playoff. Yeah. yeah, I just don't see it with Oklahoma State. I think that this is probably of the potential teams who could have been here to play Texas. I think we got the one that is least likely to actually win the game. <laughs> I think that Oklahoma or honestly Kansas State would have had a much better chance here than Oklahoma State because I think Oklahoma State just isn't very good. I think Oklahoma State pretty much backed into this. Um which is unfortunate because it would have been nice to see a more compelling game here in, in this in this spot. But what are you going to do? That's the way that the tiebreakers work out. Yeah. Yeah. Um you're right. You're right. Um well uh, afternoon games, right? There's four of them. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start with these? Uh, let's start with the one that's at three on Fox. That would be the Mountain West Championship game between Boise State and UNLV. Um, <laughs> Jesus, this this slate kind of sucks. Uh, God, I, how did we get to this? How did we get to 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 a conference championship? Computer rankings, dude. Yeah, to a conference championship weekend. Where in in a season where there were no upsets uh, of like top teams that were still talking about this as the fucking afternoon slate, Jesus Christ, it's awful. This game sucks. Boise State sucks. How did they get here? This is bullshit. I don't want to watch these guys play anymore. They have one player. Ugh, God. UNLV is gonna win. UNLV will win comfortably because UNLV is good at football and Boise State isn't. I, who cares, man? This is this is the worst of them all. Uh, from a conference that had a lot of good teams this year, they managed to to produce this shit. Um, not, it's just not good. The conference is not good at branding itself. 
there should be no tiebreaker under any circumstances that allows Boise State at 7-5 and five to be in your fucking conference championship game. You need to step in and change the rules at that point <laughs> if it's a possibility. You need to step in and say, uh, actually, we're going to send it to a selection committee, and they're going to decide that we will send good teams instead of bad teams to our conference championship game. I think a conference championship selection committee is one of the funniest ideas of all time. Yeah, they should do um, that. They should change to that so that they can prevent this shit from happening. I mean, no, uh, oh, a, a hearty, I will no. say a hearty fuck you to both Troy Calhoun and Jeff Tedford for for doing this. You guys shit your pants so bad down the stretch <laughs> that we managed to not only did we not get one of like not not only did one of Air Force or Fresno State fall out of this game that they were locked into for 2 months, they both did. They both fucked it up at the same time in the same way. And now we're stuck with this shit. I have no interest in this game. I don't want to watch Boise State play football. They're not good. They're not good to. They're not good to watch. They're not yeah. good at anything I mean, other you, than you running can watch the ball. it for the for the Brennan Marion audition game. Yeah. Um. He he didn't get the San Diego State job because Sean Lewis took it. Which, uh, by the way, we'll talk about the premium. That's a crazy fucking hire. Yeah. Um, and a good one. But uh, Brennan Marion now needs to find a new place to get his. You know his ninth consecutive new job next season yeah um so he will be trying to put some points on these guys uh-huh. um or he'll so be locked or, be or he'll be completely unfocused that's also a possibility <laughs> it's Marriott. true it's true yeah it's not like his offense takes much thought to run um it's just a go-go offense it's pretty straightforward yeah yeah that's yeah that's fair um <laughs> You watch something else in this slot. You don't need to watch this game. This is this is yeah. All right. Which of the three four o'clock games do you want to start with? Um, I don't know. The the three here are are SMU at Tulane in the AAC title game on ABC, uh, SEC championship game Alabama and Georgia on CBS, and then App State at Troy in the Sun Belt championship game on ESPN. Um. Let's get... do App State Troy. It's going to be quick. Troy's yeah, win. yeah. Say, let's get that one out of the way. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know that we need to go into any more detail than that. Troy's going to win because Troy's good. Um, that's pretty much it. It's a home game for Troy. They're good. App State's not really very good. They've had a good little stretch on the run, like. But I mean, Troy has not lost since September fifteenth, September sixteenth. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they've been rolling quite a few teams. I mean, they have a very nasty defense, a pretty balanced offense. Uh, App State, uh, I don't know what to say about them. They they've won what five in a row, but and and three of them are over bowl teams, I guess. But I don't have to respect that. You can't make me. Yeah. Um. Fuck App State. I don't know. Yeah. Fire, fire your coach, and I'll like you again. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of G five conferences that have not done very well to brand themselves, these guys even had a way out. They had an easy way out of just. Uh yeah, actually James Madison's eligible. Sorry guys. Uh they went eleven and one and forced our hand. Like you could have easily done that. And no, instead you wanted to do this. This is better. Yeah. Good good call, guys. Really really smart. Yeah, I'm sure you don't want a you know, a, a team in the New Year six. That would be awful for you. That would be such a disaster if the Sun Belt finally had fucking something to show for everything it has done for the last five years to build its itself into a respectable uh, not even just a respectable conference, the best of the G5 conferences comfortably for several years now, it would be awful if you had anything at all to show for that on the national level. That would be that would be just a disaster. So, yeah, this is much better. Really good decision-making there. Um, Troy's going to roll them because Troy's good and App State isn't. Who cares? Um, 
God damn, this slate sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep. Oh God. And then it it doesn't get any <laughs> it doesn't get any better. Yeah, I just looked at for just a second I looked at the night slate and it's it's fucking injured quarterback against a, a mid Louisville team and then Iowa against Michigan. Jesus Christ. How do we get how do we get this? How is this the result of the chalk season? There's not even good teams in the fucking championship games. Jesus. No, maybe maybe the playoff will be good, but probably not. Probably I think there's not. Like, I think there's a chance that we get might have four good teams in the playoff oh god <laughs> sports, getting, still sports getting worse man sports getting much worse <laughs> i i you've, i've told you my theory i think we're we're like yeah. at the worst part of the peak right now where it's like the peak of constant like concentration of talent before the 12 team playoff helps erode some of that and like the we're having like the first nil class like the one where like the the biggest richest programs just bought players very early on yeah is starting to subside a little bit like those guys are now sophomores and juniors right those first classes so i think it's going to even itself out in the next couple years i i hope so um transfer portal erosion will help but we'll see um we got uh, so I, SMU at Tulane, huh? Yeah, SMU at Tulane. I'll, I'll real quick. I'll say we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, um, especially when you're adding more games to the playoff. We got to get rid of this week. We got to get rid of the cha- of the conference championship week because this thing is fucking useless. It is a waste of time to play these games. We've already seen a lot of these teams play each other. Just declare a conference champion from the in-season results. If nobody is even going to have divisions, we could just do that. We could just declare whoever's at the top of the standings as the conference champion. We don't need these games. They're 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 useless. They are a waste of time. Um, they are just they just exist to invalidate whatever we saw in the first twelve games. Just get rid of them. We don't need to have this shit. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> SMU at Tulane. Um, I, I hate this one less than the other ones, at least. This is, this is kind of interesting. I'm sick of the AAC, but it's not this game's fault. Um, I, I think that this is at least a, a, a fun matchup. Um, of course I say that, and then I remember, as I say it, that Preston Stone might not be playing. I'm going to pull up his status here. Let's see. Uh, oh good. He's out for the rest of the 2023 season. Fuck me, dude. We've got nothing. We've got nothing. There's 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 nothing. There's nothing going on. Tulane's <laughs> gonna win this game by three scores because SMU doesn't have a fucking quarterback anymore. God, <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. We run a college football podcast, and I can't even I can't get myself up to care about any of these Saturday games because they're all dog shit. The two games this week are both on Friday. Yeah, man. I mean. I'm sorry, Pat. God, <laughs> I think the I think Florida State Louisville is going to be good, dude. Come on, let's oh, talk good. about these games. Stop, oh, don't good. get too existential yet. Wow, don't we, get too we... existential before they actually happen. <laughs> we, um, get to, we get to watch ten and two Louisville against injured ass Florida State. That'll be great. That'll be really fun. Well, look, okay, so SMU at Tulane. Do you have any thoughts on this game without Preston Stone playing? Yeah, Tulane's going to win. That's my thought on it. They, SMU was a quarterback-led team, and now they don't have a quarterback. There, there's The defense has been better than usual this year. I still don't think it's enough if they don't have Preston Stone, which they don't, because um, the offense yeah. doesn't have weapons who aren't him, really. It's, it's pretty much just been him this year. 
Their backups are Kevin Jennings and Alex Padilla. <laughs> Alex Padilla, where the fuck do I know that Iowa. name from? Didn't he? he was the Iowa backup. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah I believe yeah, yeah. he's the yeah. third string quarterback there, which was a really smart decision yeah, on his part is, to do that. Um, uh, but, Kevin Jennings is a freshman who, to be fair, in his uh, his, what is it, 46 career pass attempts, completing over 75% of his passes with four touchdowns and over nine yards on attempt. So, I mean, in limited reps, he's looked good. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a redshirt freshman. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I do. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think probably chances are that it's not gonna happen. Um, because Stone has been Stone has been very good for them this season, and redshirt freshman seems like a lot to ask against a. a decent Tulane defense. I think Tulane probably wins pretty comfortably. And unfortunately, I think Tulane probably goes to the New Year's Six as the G5 representative, even though it absolutely does not deserve that. Um, all right, let's talk about the, the SEC championship game. Alabama-Georgia, 4 p.m. on CBS. Um, where are you at with this right now? Yeah, Georgia's a better football team, and they're going to be fully healthy. They get Lad uh, McConkey and Brock Bowers back. Okay. Uh, I know everyone kind of freaked out. Both these teams played bad games last week, right? Uh, Georgia was in a dogfight Georgia Tech. Uh, Alabama needed a miracle play to beat Auburn. Um, both, besides that, have crushed a lot of their schedule. Um, uh, I, I think Bama has genuinely improved a lot over the course of the season. I know they played a few close games with teams that are not elite, uh, including most recently this past weekend. Again, I needed a miracle to win. However, the talent on that defense is substantial. Um, we have seen Missouri have success against Georgia's offense, uh, and I think Georgia Tech a little bit as well, in a way that I think is very replicatable for Alabama, which is trusting your secondary, which Alabama's is very good, and creating a pass rush, which Alabama's is also very good. Uh, um, I think there's a chance that Georgia could just run the damn ball on Bama and control the game. Yeah. Uh, I also have questions about Alabama's offensive advocacy against Georgia's defense. This is not like the same quality of Georgia defense that has been years previous, right? It's not like elite, elite, but it's still very good. And Alabama, I do not believe in their receivers even a little bit. Um, I also think Jalen Milrow has had a very easy game plan. He still hasn't always executed it. He's improved genuinely through the course of the season. He's gotten better at progressions. He started to be able to work the middle of the field a little bit more but I don't think any of these Bama receivers are going to be able to get open to give him easy throws. And if you're asking him to make a lot of difficult throws, he is going to fuck up multiple times. Yeah. Um, and it's not like Georgia lacks the team speed to run him down on scrambles the way other teams do. Um, they have the opposite of that problem. They're probably the fastest yeah. team speed in the country. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bama's path to victory is like Carson Beck plays a real team and shits his pants. <laughs> yeah that's probably that's probably fair um yeah my my fear here and I, I think honestly my prediction here is basically that georgia is able to run the ball pretty much at will and the alabama offense those those bailout plays that they've been able to get against lesser defenses uh dry up because they are constantly facing not only passing downs, but like third and 18, because Jalen Milrow is getting sacked once every three plays. Because um, he dicks around way too much in the pocket, and these receivers don't get open in time, and that just isn't going to... It's not going to work here. It's not going to work against Georgia's defense. It has never really worked against this iteration of Georgia. Um, you have to get the ball 
you have to get the ball out. You have to give them a, a threat that you can throw the ball earlier before you can do the shit where you're just expending play, or ex, extending plays rather uh, constantly, right? Like that was the reason that Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud were able to have success extending plays against this defense is because there was a threat that they could beat you before they did that. There was a threat that they could beat you within the structure. Milrow's not going to do that. There's no structure for this offense. He just He's just running around. Um, and if, if he's not escaping tackles in the backfield, I think they're going to be facing a ton of third and longs. And those are not, you're just not going to complete those all that often against this defense. If you find yourself constantly behind the chains, more often than not, they're going to get you off the field or turn you over. Um, and so I think even if Beck is just like fine here, I, Alabama's offense, I just don't see them doing anything positive in this game. And I, I think that Georgia pretty much just just uses Alabama's <laughs> approach, the, the approach that they've had to take offensively because of these receivers and because of Milrose limitations. I think they pretty much just let them, you know, kill themselves with that. I, I, I don't really, yeah. I don't really know that Alabama has an answer for a defense of this caliber um, by, you know, just as a result of the, the limited ability that they have on that side of the ball. They have been able to scrounge together enough of a unit that they can get to this game. I don't think that they are built in any meaningful way to actually win this game. I think they just wanted to be here. Yeah, I mean, look, Alabama is a solid top 10 to 12 team, right? Pretty clearly. They have earned that by improvement, but they have the most talented team in the history of college football this season based off recruiting rankings. Um, And they're a solid top 10 to 12 team, but to put it more simply, Georgia is the best team in the country. They are top five in each of net yards per play, net available yard percentage, net success rate, net EPA per play. Uh, Bama's not top 10 in any of those. Um, they're in top 15 in all of them, not top 10 in any. Bama is a good but not elite team. And the only way to win that game when Georgia's that much better than you every single snap is to hit a lot of explosives or force turnovers. And Georgia doesn't really turn the ball over or allow explosives. Yeah. So what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah and and, and you like, don't that's the game <laughs> yeah i i guess like the the thing that could work in alabama's favor here is that the you know two of the three important games regarding playoff stuff uh for you know for for who makes it into the field are happening before this and so you do have the chance that kirby you know gets to see that texas lost to oklahoma state or whatever or that that washington beats oregon and he can see what the playoff field looks like and decide that he wants to sandbag to get a second SEC team that he knows he can beat into the Final Four, which is what they've done against Alabama before. Um, maybe you get lucky. I don't know. I'm, maybe, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Think, I'm not being, I'm not being is, serious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. like, I mean, Kirby's the kind of ruthless freak, too, that wants to put Alabama in the hole. You know he wants to kill Bama as a program. You'd think, but he hasn't done it before. Uh, <laughs> you, would, you would think that on this, on this dominant run, they would not have bizarre losses, or at least one bizarre loss in an SEC championship game to Alabama. Um, I, I'm half, I'm half kidding. I do think that there's maybe something to be said for Georgia not, not stepping on the gas in this game. Uh, <laughs> in in the past, I don't know if they can get away with that here. I think that they, they're. The, the stakes might be high enough that if they lose, they could legitimately miss the playoff. And, and so they just win instead of kind of dicking around and seeing what happens because they know they have the security of being in regardless. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, 
I think Georgia probably wins comfortably. Probably I, by two scores. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so two night games. Um, oh, which boy. one do you... Uh, well, let's talk about Michigan and Iowa because it's going to take two seconds. Yeah. Uh, Michigan will win. Iowa will not score. Maybe they'll get three points. Okay. Um, or defensive touchdown. Yeah. Um, but Michigan will win like 31 to seven. Yep. That, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Michigan will win. Iowa will <laughs> lose. That is the, that's the, <laughs> that's the breakdown of the game. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's not even, it doesn't even have the same level of like competitiveness as a, as a traditional Michigan, Iowa game, which is not much, not a whole lot. Uh, because Iowa's offense has somehow uh, gotten even worse. <laughs> the offense uh, that was already among the worst in college football has taken yet another step back. Um, there's no there's no path here. There's nothing. No, it's not going to happen. Michigan will win the game comfortably. Iowa is not competent. Uh, last one then on ABC, 8 p.m. ACC championship game, Florida State versus Louisville. Um, I guess is Louisville... No, it's not. It's not a road game. It's in Charlotte, I think. Um, Louisville, obviously, coming off of a rivalry loss to Kentucky. Florida State coming off of a little bit too close for comfort win over Florida. Uh, Florida State without Jordan Travis. Where are you at here with this one right now? Um. Huh. So I mean, I think Florida State's offense without Jordan Travis is deeply limited. Um, yeah, I think he was responsible for a lot of their, like, I think the structure of Florida state's offense is good. I don't think it's like special. Um, and I think without Jordan Travis, a lot of their ability to create things outside of structure are deeply limited, right? Like a lot of those highlight plays you saw for Keon Coleman for Johnny Wilson. I mean, those are very talented receivers and they're go get the ball kind of guys. And Jordan Travis able to extend plays and huck it downfield is a big difference. Um, I, I think that. Obviously, the offense uh, in that Florida State-Florida game was, you know, I mean, they put up 224 total yards in that game. Uh, They averaged, God, what is it? I mean, like, less than four yards of play, I think. Uh, I have to double-check that. Um, Yeah, they averaged 3.9 yards per play in that game. Um, The offense looked ugly. And Florida's defense, as we've seen all season, is not good. Yeah. Right? (laughs) And Louisville, to their credit, I think is a pretty fucking solid defense. I don't think they're like special or anything like that. I, I have to check their their ranks. Actually, are they worse than I thought? I thought they were decent this year. They're nineteen first in yards per play. Nineteenth yeah. in success rate. That's not that bad. They're 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 better against the pass than they are against the run, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, I think Florida State can probably just grind this game out and win it by creating negative plays for Louisville. Um, I think Louisville has done a a really good job this season on offense. And Jeff Brom's a good offensive mind, but I think there's a limit there, right? Like I like Jamar Jordan, I like uh, Isaac Arendo, I like Jamari Thrash. Jack Plummer has done an admirable job for being Jack Plummer. Yeah, um, yeah, he's overcome but... the he's overcome the immense disadvantage that is being Jack Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, but like I think they're a bit turnover prone. Mm-hmm. Um, they're and Florida State will get after your ass in the pass rush. I think their secondary is playing as well as it's played all season. Yeah. Um, 
I think Louisville did you know that, is just going to make too many mistakes. Did yeah. you know that Florida State is sixth overall in defensive success rate allowed and first in passing success rate allowed? I did not realize that the defense had been that fucking good. That's crazy. They are... Well, that's the thing. It's like, I think they'd had a few leaky plays early in the year against the rush, but they've really yeah. kind of firmed everything up. Yeah. That defense has ended up being really, really nasty. Good for them. Yeah. Um, and look, Louisville can run the piss out of the football. Like, yeah, you got to give them credit for that. Yeah. Uh, they have two running backs averaging over over six yards a carry on more than 100 carries yeah. this season. Garindo has been specifically excellent down the stretch. He's been really good. Yeah. And, and like, Louisville currently is 44th success rate on, on the rushing attack. I don't think that is telling the full truth about their recent success. I think they've really kind of picked that area of the game up yeah. as the season's gone on. Um, I guess I would be concerned about that a little bit if I'm Louisville, if I'm Florida State, is Louisville just wearing me down the running game all day? But someone else made this point. I think it. Who did I hear this from? Um, shit, who was that? It might have been Bill Landis. I, someone was talking about Louisville and Florida State and this idea of like, could. Could Kentucky basically beat Louisville twice? Yeah. Meaning Florida, Louisville now has no hopes for a playoff spot. Their hopes were already thin, but they're eliminated from the playoff. Um, they're just playing for like a New Year's Six Bowl game, basically, which if Florida State wins, they'll go to anyway. Yeah. So like, what is the... The only upside here is pride in ACC title, which does matter to kids, right? You want to win that ACC title. That does matter when you're a program like Louisville. And I know Brom is going to be fired up for this game. And I think was pretty good at motivating his players for a big game. Um, but I don't know. It's, um, the question is just how many mistakes does Tate Rodemaker make and how many mistakes does Jack Plummer make? Right. Which it sounds reductive talking about football that way. Yeah. But you have a backup quarterback, uh, who looked pretty limited against Florida and didn't really coordinate the offense very well until the final couple drives. And you have a Louisville team that's been kind of mistake prone all season. Um, how do you basically who blinks? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Honestly, even you know, especially honestly with uh, Rotomaker in there at or Rotomaker in there at, at quarterback, I think Florida State is kind of just a better version right now of Kentucky, which just beat Louisville. Um, I, I think that this defense is better at forcing those turnovers even than Kentucky's was, and Kentucky won the game because it was able to do that. Uh, and Devin Leary stinks, and so I think that that, that Rodemaker can be at least that good in this game. It doesn't take a whole lot if you can run the ball fairly well. I think you can you can get some some work done offensively enough that you can win the game if you're able to force Jack Plummer into mistakes, which is not hard to do because he loves to make mistakes. Um, I think Florida State's defense just just womps them and and pretty much shuts this one down in the same way that that Pitt did several weeks ago and that Kentucky did last week. Louisville, I just don't really know that they're equipped to handle that level of that level of defense, that level of adversity with this offense. I think that this is a, an offense that has done very well for what it has, but is limited in the the answers it can provide against a defense of this of this caliber. No matter what Florida State has on offense, which you know is not as much as it once did with Jordan Travis, but I think it's still enough because I just don't know that Louisville is equipped for this kind of this kind of game, this level of competition yet. I think it could be down the road under Brom, but this year their their talent limitations very, very clearly show up in this kind of game. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. And like, I think Florida state can win this one. And just, like, 
Well, I guess here's the thing: is like for this is going to be a a a, a game that's going to be low scoring, in my opinion, and it's going to result in because these are both very good defenses, and I think it's going to result in like a mistake or two could swing this game. Like, I think it's very possible Louisville still wins, but I, I do think they can shut down. Florida State can shut down Louisville's offense, and but Louisville might be able to do the same if they run to make them back there. So yeah. like I think this could be a game where a mistake or two swings it, um, and it's going to be pretty low scoring. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't, I don't know if, I, yeah, I don't know that I have anything else to add. Uh, do you have? I'll put you on the spot here. Do you have a playoff prediction for who you think gets in after this weekend of games? Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Here, I'll let... I think it's Georgia, Georgia, okay. Michigan, Florida State, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's probably that's probably about I think, what I would have. Um, I think it would be a more entertaining playoff if Texas win over Florida state, but Florida state deserves to go yeah. if they win this game, which I think they will. Um, I think the best case scenario for this playoff is Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably would be my, that would probably be my first pick. Um, I'll, I'll go with a, a different option just to, diversify the podcast here at the end uh i'll go georgia michigan washington texas uh so we get kind of a traditional rose bowl with michigan and or uh, yeah michigan and washington and then georgia texas in like a you know a a classic big 12 sec game (laughs) for the last year uh before they're both sec teams for some reason i think that that would be i think that would be pretty fun and it is within the realm of possibility. Um, so I'll, I'll go with that. I think yours is probably the right one, but mine would also be cool. Uh, do you have anything else before we get out of here? <laughs> um, no, man, let's just, what's up everyone plays hard has a fun week. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> hope that I don't hope that at all. <laughs> let's hope that all of the things that I want to happen will happen. And that I can feel a little bit better about this season. Uh, and all of the things that I don't want to happen, let's hope that let's, let's hope like hell that those don't happen or else it's going to be, it's going to be hell to pay. Uh, the, uh, the, the college football playoff committee offices, they're going to want to batten down the hatches. Watch out, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Watch out. You don't want to see two SEC teams in there. Cause I'll be, at, I'll be at your damn door. Um, all right. We will talk to you all, uh, I guess next when we know who's in the playoff right that happens on sunday morning so we'll we'll have yeah we can maybe hop on right after that drop yeah. or something we'll, you know i will talk about it yeah we'll have a uh, we'll have a field to talk about so we will catch you all then